We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Well, well, well. <laughs> I wanted to start recording while you were talking to the cat. <laughs> What's doing, baby? What you doing, baby? Hi, What's everybody. Hi. Hey, um, <clears throat> our last, well, maybe it won't be our last episode when we post this, but our last episode had some audio challenges. Which is odd because we thought we were stepping up our game. <laughs> we, really, we really did. We bought a microphone. And, and it's then so cute. It's like a little it's black really ball. Cute. It's a globe, really cute. It's really cute. We love a black ball. And you just shove it in there. Yeah. Um, but maybe it didn't help. <laughs> maybe it's made you so sound too quiet. It sounded good if you're talking right into right, it. Right, right. But it doesn't pick up as well, like if I'm sitting next to you on the right, couch. Right. Or if you've right walked away to business. cough. You know what's interesting about your cough? <laughs> what? Wait, um, this is Hot Drinks. Oh, hi, it's a podcast. My name is Brother Jack Coffee. This is Sister Latter-day Twain. And we have a guest here today. A guest star. A guest star, which we haven't had for a long time. It's Whenever been... I hear guest stars, I think of people having three ways, because that's always what I refer to it as. <laughs> that's a, guest a gay star. thing. That's a gay thing. Isn't it a gay thing? I don't know, but like if a married couple has like some, if a couple, I think it's if a couple has someone, I've never been has a third, a guest star, they're a guest I star. I've had three ways. Okay, well, I was a guest star people. once with a recurring role. Just kidding. It was not recurring. It's just a one time. Anyway. one time. So this is a podcast. We talk about things. We talk about irritable lyric syndrome. We do, we do. And speaking of irritable lyric syndrome, okay. you don't ever cough in except for when we're recording the show. And that must be psychological. Right. Okay, there's that. But okay. also, oh wow. Oh wow. But also I've triggered when I'm something. with you, I laugh more than I laugh in any other oh. juncture. Oh my god, thank you. And it irritates it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. <clears throat> yeah, because like when you send me a Marco Polo, you don't clear your throat, you know? Exactly. But you also don't send Marco Polos very often. Very often. No. I, I always have to uh, text Sister Twain if I'm going to send her a Marco Polo and ask if she is in a space emotionally where she can receive a Marco Polo. I know. Polo. What the fuck is my problem with the Marco Polo? Anyway. Anyway. So we were... What were we talking about? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's make this intro portion quick so we can get to the guest star. Right. Did you have any comings and blowings? I thought you thought of a few <clears> that you I wanted to share. I did think of a few. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, that I wanted to share. Oh, that's my son, Jack. Let me just te- just stay on the line. Do you want... Yes. This... Yes, Jack. Okay, got it. Um, <clears throat> I just responded to a text from my child. Okay, so... Um, our guest star is fluffing your pillows. She's getting a blanket. Oh, okay. She's a little chilly. Oh, yeah. Brother Coffee's house is like I know. Fr- I can turn the heat refrigerator. up. So... <clears throat> uh, I was just going to say, today... About a half hour before I was due to be here, uh-huh. I was in the bathroom preparing oh my face. Oh, okay. I thought this was going somewhere else. And <clears throat> I was preparing my face for the evening. And I hear my son Timothy go, Stevie, no! Come back! And, and Stevie Stevie's your cousin. Stevie Nicks, our cat. Oh, your cat. I'm sorry, it's your cat. And there wasn't a live bird in my bathroom. Oh, my no. Oh, and a live shit. bird, but wounded. Oh, shit. Like a dying bird. Yeah, Stevie. Because the cats go for the throat. Okay. Right. You got to put bells on them. I... <gasps> Does it... Because it That's alerts why people the put, birds? Yeah. That's why? That's why cats have bell collars with bells. Because That's how then, you can save the birds? Yes, then they can't kill things because they won't be able to sneak up on anything. I can't tell you how many bird 
corpses I've woken up to, and they place them next to my bed like it's a gift. Yeah, but like if you Santa. put, just put them in a little collar with a little tiny bell on it, because then when they're trying to sneak up on the bird, the bird hears it and the bird gets away. Oh, I want to save the birds. I do. Anyway, okay. so Timothy and I were home alone, and we're dealing with this maybe a live bird. It was kind of moving. <laughs> wasn't like flying. Timothy was wearing a hoodie as he's wont to do. Sure. And puts the hoodie on, the hoodie part on, uh-huh. because that helps. Okay, felt he felt more safe. To get a bird out. Yeah. And then I said, okay, take this sheet and just throw it over it gently. <laughs> and then we'll kind of scoop it up. So he puts the sheet on and I'm having a trauma response. Was it like I'm a terrified. turkey? Like two of you are scooping up this bird? No. It's a very small bird. I was like. It's a very small a, bird. Is it a goose? How big is this bird? Listen. And so uh, we, the, the, the sheet is over the bird. We put the cats in Timothy's room and closed the door. And they were at the cat. They were at the door, like right. scratching at the door. Paws ah, under the door, yeah. yeah. And Timothy's like, wait, wait, wait. And he goes to get an oven mitt and okay. a Tupperware okay. <laughs> for, for okay. whatever the fuck reason. Okay. And then we put it outside. He unfolds the sheet and it's, it's, just, it's just laying there. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think it hasn't even twitched. It's still there so, on your front lawn on the sheet. It was extremely traumatic. And then Timothy wanted to educate me on why I behaved so poorly Oh, during the experience. What did, what did he say? What was his advice? Well, Mom, you just have to be logical when you're in a situation like this. Like, since the beginning of time, cats hunt birds. Yeah. And I'm like... I was having a trauma response. Sure. I can't control it. Sure. I was doing my best, but he kept coming at me. Right. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to say is Lil Twaint is an organ trimming weed. <laughs> trimming actual cannabis plants. Yes. Where it is legal in Oregon to have, off the heads. have a farm of cannabis plants. Yes. That's and so making cash on a daily basis. And then she's going to come back and start cosmetology school. Great. There you go. That's it. The tale is old as time. <laughs> Young girl leaves the house. Young girl goes to work in the cannabis Young fields. Girl, Young girl get out of my mind. comes home. I'm comes home. I'm still telling my story. Oh, I was doing singing. the back. Have you ever seen a movie? There's not music in the background. No, I haven't. Um, okay, okay, so do you have anything? No. Okay, cool. Here's this thing. We really recorded yesterday. Yeah. Even is, though this episode probably won't go up. Which for, is why my comings and blowings were like not interesting. Right. Because nothing's happened in our lives. Yeah. Since here's, yesterday. Here's what I did today. Okay. I woke up. I looked at porn and jerked off. <laughs> as you are wont. As, as one is wont to do on your day off. I played some video games, and then I went and bought the charcuterie board for our guest who joined us this evening. And yeah. that's ba- and then I cleaned the house a little bit because it was a little gross. Yeah, that's all I did. It's my did. exciting day. And then here you are now. Here I am now. I did watch a little bit of the Great British Baking Show. Okay, it was delightful. Yeah. We're getting close to the end. Yeah, everyone loves Chigs. I love that Noel guy. You know he's. Oh uh, God, I hate him so much. He, wait, he's old Greg, motherfucker. I know, but he's not funny. He's he's better than the bald guy whose name I don't even won't even remember. They used you to have Mel and Sue. Do you not get British humor? No, they used to have Mel and Sue, and they were so get, funny. I don't think you understand. And now they have these two dumb people that are not I funny. I think it's British humor that you don't get. Okay. I think you love America. <laughs> American humor. I love an American flag. So <laughs> I put one on everything. Does it make you have a droplet, a pre-droplet? Um. What, 
He's being all We're only talking about that once. Star. I know, but we only talked about it that once. We're if you never want to hear more about, about the pre-droplet, write in to P.O. Box. It's, it's our episode called The Top 5 Reasons We Are Changing Our Algorithm. That's We've got to change the algorithm. That's where I'm talking about pre-droplets. Um, and you are not allowed to ask our guest about any sort of pre-droplets okay. in her relationships. What about post On recording. Post-droplet. You can ask it off air, but you, I'm just putting, I'm just putting the, putting my foot down. It's the listeners on air. PO box. One, one, no, one, we're not doing the PO box eight. joke again. Foster mask. It's not funny anymore. It's so funny to me still. It was only funny two weeks ago when we <laughs> recorded that episode. Anyway, okay, so. Uh, we really did that for CJ because she said, I love it when you guys do yeah, the Yeah, and mask this whole, up, this whole podcast is really for CJ. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have a special guest. That's not why we started. Are we calling you Madam Bandit? What are we calling you? Okay, so we have a special guest. Her pseudonym is Madam Bandit. Or M- Maggie Gyllenhaal. We have referred to her before as Maggie Gyllenhaal, but we will refer to her today as Madam Bandit. Uh, hello, Madam Bandit. How are you? Hello, gentle listener. Oh, listen to that voice. <laughs> okay, let's, Madam, get, Madam let's get in here. Let's Madam Bandit this. told me once that oh. when I say... Um, and we're back. That she liked that. Oh, so I yeah. appreciate that. She tweeted that actually. You did? About and we're back? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. She do said, my favorite that. thing about Tot Spanks. Because <laughs> it was in code. Because I'm incognito. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, you were like, can we more. even talk about the podcast? Right, right. Was when Brother Coffee <laughs> comes back from a break and says, and we're back. And you know what is funny about that is the break is for us. It's not for you. <laughs> um, this is what is also. That's why it's funny on my end because it's like there was no break. Right, right. <laughs> Half a second. And we're back. Well, and I'll often, I often like recap what we were talking about before the break, which again, for you, was half a second long. But I'm like, what? so we're doing a top five. So here's what we were doing. Um, in case you're just tuning in. The other thing that is fun about this is that uh, Madame Banda is a professional recording star who has worked in professional recording studios and now we're all just huddled we around my iPhone 13. about two feet from each <laughs> like other in a triangle. Like if someone in this triangle. group has COVID, we're all going down. And your iPhone, yes. what's your gen? Imagine It's a 13 Pro. Yeah. A very tiny prayer circle. Yes. We're Ooh. all hovering over an iPhone. Right. Yeah, in a Which would be circle. the altar. Mm-hmm. Tiny example. prayer circle sounds like a euphemism. Sisters, honestly. they veil their faces. Okay. So- they don't do that anymore though. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Oh, well, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Because progress. And because feminism. Because yes! feminism. <laughs> ERA. So, Equal um, rights for all. Madam Bandit, why don't you kind of intro, just kind of a general introduction. Who are you? Okay. Why oh, are oh, you here? First of all, who wrote our theme song? I did. She did. She did. Yay, it was the happiest yay, day of our yay. lives. <laughs> when I think of the happy days of my lives, I think of <laughs> the birth of my children. Yeah. <laughs> the day Madam Bandit sent us our theme song. Yes. And yeah. then I don't know what the and third then, one was. Well, and where, when I sent you the theme song, tell mm-hmm. us about that. You were in a Target, I think. Do you oh, remember this? Oh, I don't. Tell me more. Oh, I've forgotten. I just remember you telling me you were in Target and you like had to like stop. Yes. yes. And like. Yes. And it was something dramatic. Take it in. I probably crouched. I fell to the floor I and probably crouched to the ground. Yeah, I probably did. I think did. you were in the candle aisle. I have, I, aisle. I have yeah. crouched to the floor in Target before. <laughs> So it would not be the first time for a variety of reasons. Oh, my God. So Madam so, Manit wrote our theme song. Mm-hmm. And what else do you want to tell us about yourself, Madam Manit? Before we take a break, which is for us. And not for them. Yeah, well, I have been a longtime Hot Drinks fan from the beginning. You've been, so yeah, for one me, of the original. It's been, it's been a, a dream to be on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, 
We're make we're fulfilling dreams here, people. My God. This is a big deal. I love it. Okay. Well, okay, fine. Well, we're gonna take a little break. How's for your us. sex life? Okay, no, we'll get into oh, that. Oh, we'll get into that. No, later. we're not no, gonna that's, talk about no, we're not that. That's about off that. the table. Um, but we're gonna take a little break. Real quick before the break. No, and really. Then, <laughs> and then when we come back, we will not be talking about Madame Bandit's sex life. We won't. We could talk about mine, but it's not my episode, I guess. That's true. Something quite delightful happened to me, and it's because of hot drinks. What was it? I don't remember. Okay. I just remember the thing happening and me going, it's because of my podcast hot drinks. You know what? What? I <laughs> I think that delightful things have happened because of hot drinks. Yeah. And you know what? what? I can name one. What? What, what is it? <laughs> It's our Patreon account. That is delightful. It is delightful unto a dish. I think the people who get it, yeah, who who are are it, are delighted by the things in our, it. Our patrons. I think they're delighted. Do you know we have patrons that pay as little as three dollars a month? Right, and they get free content. It's totally free. <laughs> yeah, except for the three dollars they pay monthly. <laughs> An ex- exclusive content. It's exclusive. That's what I meant to say. I don't even let Little Twain listen to it. Patreon.com slash hot, hot drinks. drinks. It's delightful. And we're back. And we're back. And we're just going to set the phone down and walk away. And just you talk. No, and just <laughs> Um, okay, so just in way of introduction, let me just say you are a recording artist. Mm-hmm. Called Madam Bandit, yes. and also other things. Yes. Okay, and I you can say what I don't know what you want to say, but okay. um, and you were also pretty prominent. You were you were Mormon famous for sure. You were and you know what, you were well known within the Mormon community as a recording artist. Yeah, being a singer, a songwriter. I have been on EFY albums. Right. Um, <laughs> my first album was was a church album, and was like produced by the Mormon Church or just had a lot of kind of church Faith themes uh, produced by yeah it was, a, it was an lds record label oh, oh okay yeah and then that record label merged with deseret book and took over their, their music department oh. and so i was kind of grandfathered into deseret books okay. Okay. Um, roster of artists okay i started to record an album with them under their label but um i was at that point after i did you know my first church album i was like just not connecting to the genre uh-huh and so we had started, and they had spent money on it. And Give us I was, a time, a year. And this was um, probably two thousand five, okay, or six that we had started. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just felt like the songs I w- I was writing were not really church songs. So I said, I know you've spent money on this. <clears throat> Can but at the I... time, you were still I was still, oh, yeah, still yeah, yeah mm-hmm. still active and okay. Yeah, but I just said, could I buy these songs back from you? Um, and go on my own. And like I, Taylor. Oh, yeah. my Taylor God. Swift. Oh, my God. And I had also noticed that, like, my contract with them had lapsed. So they didn't really have a, a choice to let me go. But they did let me buy the songs we had worked on. Which oh, was, good. Yeah, which was great. <clears throat> I mean, it was not without drama that I left. Yeah. But, um, I ha- yeah. Okay. So I left, made my first indie album. Okay. And it made, it, you know, all the money I spent on it back within the first month. Oh, wow. Which Hell was yeah. awesome. Hell That's yeah. great. <clears throat> So, and that year was? That was 2007. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So let's, 
let's jump way back, if we may. So yeah. did, you let's grew up back. LDS. Kind of tell us a little bit about yeah. your childhood and your okay. experience in the church and all that good stuff. I grew up on the north coast of California, number eight of nine children. Oh, there it is. Jesus fucking yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> My dad. Did you like being in a big family? I loved it. Okay. Yeah, I think there were, looking back, I can see the, the challenges of it and the lack of attention from parents just you know logistically i get it yeah um but having all of those siblings all my best friends to play with that part was really fun Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. anyway um my dad was always pretty high up in church leadership from the time i was a kid he was a stake president then mission president general authority temple president so all the things all the things all the things um, and then you stayed pretty active throughout your youth and your adult. Obviously, you were doing this. How did you this end up album in Utah? And... Yeah. So when I was after the seventh grade, um, my family moved to Spain. The three youngest kids, because the older kids were already going to college by then. So we moved to Spain, and my dad was a mission president there, and spent three years there. So eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. Mm-hmm. While we were gone. He, he owned a business and that he lost his business while we we're gone because he obviously couldn't be there to run it. So yeah. a lot of sacrifice there to, you know, have to leave your business. And he was a young mission president. So we had nothing to go back to in California. So my parents were like, well, we have kids at college in Utah. Let's mm. let's move to Provo. We have oh. kids at BYU. So we moved to Provo and I went to Provo High my junior and senior year. Alrighty. That is also where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. But we were not the same age. No, but as I understand it, you knew Brother Bandit. I did. My, I did. my husband. We oh, also went to Provo. <laughs> yeah, we were at the same age. <laughs> I um, went out to BYU in 94. Okay, right on. Yeah, were so you in Provo by then? I was, and I actually kind of, I had graduated or done all my credits early in high school. I was kind of a, a high overachiever kid. Mm-hmm. And so took AP we never classes. never see that in Mormonism. No, we yeah. don't. <laughs> So I went to BYU half day my senior year. Oh, wow. Um, that was in 98. And when you were a kid, did you wow. have any, did you have any like disconnects with the church or things that felt weird to you or things that, or did it just, it just was what you did and it made sense <clears throat> and you were happy yeah. and loved you know. it, completely loved it, made sense, was like something I was very proud of. Um, in high school, when we lived in Spain, I, there were a few moments of like, you know, those existential questions of like, well, I'm here immersed in this sea of catholics like uh-huh. it, you know spain so catholicism was the predominant religion and i it, i could see how important it was to my friends uh-huh. um and so yeah it did make me ask those questions of well if they believe so strongly in it and it's right, so just as strongly them, as yeah, i do yeah how is you know my testimony of my church any different hmm. i had some of those but it didn't i was able to like put it on a <clears throat> shelf and not worry about it too much at that age yeah yeah okay okay so when did the cracks start to form or when did you start to mm-hmm. kind of see the church through different, through a different lens? Yeah, I think during the whole Prop 8 um, yeah. thing in California, yeah. I was in Provo you uh-huh. know, attending my ward. I had, ha- I had two kids um, at the time and I just remember the bishop getting up over the pulpit and, and he had a letter from the first presidency. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> that asked for volunteers to make phone calls to California. Mm-hmm. My husband has three gay siblings, so mm-hmm. two gay brothers, one gay sister, 
And I also, I knew them before I knew my husband. I went to high school with them, mm-hmm. my really good friends, and loved them and saw how difficult it was for them to come out in our tight-knit community. And right, in a very conservative. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so it really bothered me in this ward that they were asking for volunteers to call to California. And, and it also bothered me because, the, you know, we've all heard growing up that the church doesn't get involved in politics. Right, <laughs> that it's apolitical. <laughs> yeah. I started to feel really sick about that. Um. So that was kind of the beginning of of the cracks. And then, you know, I think there was, there started to be this, the big feminist movement within Mormonism. And I started... Like Joanna Brooks stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read Book of Mormon Girl by Joanna Brooks and just that cried and cried. And I don't, I don't read books. I have ADHD. It's really hard for me to read a book. Mm -hmm. But that one I I was glued to. And my, my husband was like, what is going on? Like what's happening in this book? Mm. But it just connected so deeply. I haven't read Book of Mormon Girl. Like what's, and I know who Joanna Brooks is. I haven't haven't read it either. I was out of the church by then and not really. But what sort, is it just sort of about her story of growing up as a woman in Mormonism? Uh Yeah. It's about her story and just, she really just hits on all of the things that are painful in the Mormon female experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just so much resonated. So, uh, so things that you read, you were like, Oh, I felt that way too. Or I've had that same experience too. Okay. And then I was out to brunch one day with our, our Lord and savior, C. Jane Christ. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Was it a Sunday brunch? No. No, no, no. no. I was going to say, but she, I was fixing to say, had brought up just some Mormon history stuff brought up, Fanny Alger and I was like who's that like I'd never heard of it she's like well I'll send you a fairmormon.org article so Mm -hmm. like you know pioneer journals were you wary of receiving this no I I was actually I mean she basically in a nutshell told me like the story okay um and I was really disturbed by it in fact I said even then and I had already been like you know wrestling with the patriarchal aspects of the church that were super uncomfortable for me I never connected with the temple. That mm-hmm. was always a source of anxiety Whoa. for me. And I would go out to my car and just like collapse over the steering wheel after the temple and just cry. Be wow. Like, Why do I hate going to the temple <clears throat> and everyone seems to love it? And it's supposed to be this. Because <clears throat> clearly that meant yeah. something was wrong with you. Right. right. Yeah. You know, like I thought something was yeah. wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's well, supposed to be the closest you can get to the celestial kingdom yeah. on the face of the earth is mm-hmm. what they say. Exactly. Do you, you feel comfortable that, saying like what, what about the temple Absolutely. made you so uncomfortable? Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, great. Let's go. <laughs> well, from the, from the very first time I went through, you know, that the question of if anyone here wants to leave, and I don't remember the verbiage, but you know, you can get up and leave, do so now. And I was like, but wait, that's not fair. I've been like trained for this moment my whole life. I don't know what I'm about to see. How can I... How can I decide now if I want to leave? Disagree with it if I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I felt like that to me felt like manipulation. But I was 18. Yeah. Like I was... A child. It's also also so wild because at that age, because I went through when I was like 19 or probably 18 to get ready to go on my mission when I was 19... You're not going to stand up and walk out of that room. You know what oh, I mean? I Even if you were yeah. uncomfortable. Like, Hell it's, no. It's the most, like, it's like, it's presented as this, like, you're, you're here of your own free will. Yeah. And you can leave if you want to. But right. you're like, but can I really? No. I mean, I didn't think about that at the time. Like, I wasn't. But I just think, like, if you were someone who was sort of like, this is weird or this doesn't feel comfortable or I don't know what's going on. You're not going to, when you're an 18-year-old kid, you're not going to stand up in the temple with, totally. and your mom and your grandma and your grandpa, like, your you're whole family's there. Exactly. 
you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna do it. So this whole idea that it's like you're there of your free yeah. will is like, well, sure, but like not really. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. And I was really bothered that like I was given this new name in the temple. So anyone that's not LDS, there's all this, you know, ritualistic stuff that happens and one is you receive a new biblical name. Mm-hmm. But it's secret. Um, I could only tell it to my husband. And he yeah. also receives a new biblical, like, secret name. But he didn't have to tell his to me. Yeah. He doesn't he did, tell And I was like, allowed. He's not, yeah. I was like, what? Why can I tell you? Why do you get to know my secret name? But I don't yeah. get to know yours. Yeah. Why do I have to stand on your left side? Yeah. Why do I have to veil my face and you yeah. don't? Like, I was not prepared for any of that. But I had never even, like, explored. Feminism was not a word that was really on my mind ever in my vocabulary I just was like I but I felt that more than ever even though I had grown up only seeing men sit on the stand and seeing mm-hmm. men preside in church I think going to the temple really opened my eyes to the inequality for the first time and yeah. I think it was a, a developmental age where I could really see it yeah. it's so interesting because yeah. I haven't thought I haven't thought about that before but I think like the that is where the the sort of segregation of men and women, like yeah, you're physically, you're also physically segregated, but yeah. it suddenly, it becomes very, very really apparent. Clear. Yeah. You know? And then for forever until just like a couple years ago, they made it the segregation. They put an extra layer on it when the women have to veil their faces in the prayer, prayer circle. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and then they gaslight you by saying it's a protection for yeah. s- in some fucking reason. But yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. so you were saying about the fairmormon.org okay. article. Did you read so that? I'll, yeah, so we're talking about all the cracks and things and when those started for me. And so back to that, back to Fair Mormon. So at that brunch with C. Jane Christ. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> breaking bread with our Lord and Savior. Right, as one does. I, as one does. <laughs> yeah, I said... <laughs> She, there was one other girl there and I don't have consent to say her name, but I said to both of them, I was like, will you still be my friend if I leave the church? Like oh, it was pretty. Really? And so then I went home and read. So just with her telling just with you her about telling her telling me, I was like, if this is true. And yeah. tell us who, if for people who don't know, who was Fanny Alger? Fanny Alger was a, like a foster child in the Smith home with, with Joseph and Emma Smith. And she took care of, helped take care of the children and clean and do all those things. And she was an orphan basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are pioneer accounts um, of like where she was, she and Joseph were seen in the barn. The verb that is used in the pioneer journal is celestializing. They were <laughs> celestializing yes. in the barn. Yeah, yeah. And it's M- like a Marvel yeah. movie. <laughs> um, and Oliver Cowdery. His... And, the, and when they were celestializing, it yeah. was when she was very young, right? Like yeah, 14 she was or 14. Yeah. Well, 14 when they got married. Yeah. Oh, so when they were celestializing, she... Well, maybe she was, was younger. younger. Yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah. Mm. Um, and... God. Yeah. Uh, and then also Oliver Cowdery, in, in his own words, like, you know, in his journals or things where he's been quoted, he called it a, a nasty, dirty, filthy affair or something <laughs> like that. So he called him out right, at as the having time. an affair. And, uh, yeah. That's, what, that's what's, it's what's so interesting to me about... We, we kind of talked about this when we talked about Christopher Columbus, but like... 
the Mormon church's sort of official stance now is that because Joseph married Fanny when she was 14 and the Mormons church's kind of official stance was it was a different time and that was mm-hmm. pretty normal then. But like, which but, it, but if you, which is untrue. Yeah. If you look at, if you ask historians or look at historical record, it was very uncommon for someone to be married that young, yeah. you know, like maybe the average marriage age was a little younger than it is now, but it was still probably 19, 20, yeah, you know, really 14 was really uncommon. And then, and it's interesting. I hadn't heard that detail about Oliver Cowdery before, but it's mm-hmm. interesting that like, even by the, because we love to say like, oh, it's a different time. Yeah. You know, we, oh, things were different then, blah, 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 whatever. But even by the standards of the time, Oliver Cowdery called this a filthy, nasty thing. Yeah. You know, like, so even by the standards of, standards of the time, it was despicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we try to paint it with this like, oh, it was a different time. We don't understand mm-hmm. it. No, it was bad. It was gross yeah. even then. Yeah. And now with with more evolved eyes, when we can see what that means for a you know, 30-year-old religious leader to be having sex with a 14-year-old mm-hmm. is is abhorrent. Abhorrent. Is abhorrent. Yeah. Abhorrent. Okay. Anyway. So, um, so, yeah. I And then um, he married her in secret without talking to his wife, Emma. Right. Um, and then when Emma came to find out, obviously, she was furious. Mm-hmm. And they locked... Because she lived in their house. Like, yeah. she was, like, their like their child, so they, almost. Yeah. Yes. So, Emma had her isolated. They isolated her and locked her in a room um, while they decided what to do with her. Mm, the, and they, the girl was punished yeah. and not the man. They, right. they banished right. her to another state. They, I think it was Ohio. They sent her to Ohio, and she lived out the rest of her days there and married someone else and had kids with another family. But I just was like, if that child went through that much trauma. Let's say that was the only person that Joseph yeah. ever married. And, you know. Right. That was the only bad like thing he ever did. In, in his lifetime were in the, like, he had 30-something maybe. But if that was the only one, can I stay in this church? Right. And, like, it was a really obvious no. Right. Wow. After I read, like, the articles, like, it was same day, like, it was a Sunday. My husband came home from church and I was literally on the floor, in the kitchen, like, on my knees. It was like the whole world, like, this big rug was ripped out from under my feet, and Mm -hmm. I was falling down this hole with, like, no end in sight. It felt physically like that. Wow. The whole structure of my life. And so Mm -hmm. I was just crying and just, like, told him, like, I cannot, like, stay in this. I can't believe in this. What year do you think this was? Do you know? So I I just remember I had a baby. That would have been my youngest son. So probably early 2000. Yeah, so it, it was... No, um, it was my oh, last was your youngest. baby, my oh, youngest. No, okay. Yeah, so it was about ten years ago. So that, yeah, twenty eleven. This okay. was in twenty eleven. I, I just I think it's interesting too to note that like this was when when this was happening. Probably this those stories were not widely known. I think those stories mm-hmm. are more widely known in Mormonism yeah. now, you know, but this was when this was sort of at the dawn of like people getting access to the internet and being mm-hmm. able to find information and to learn about things like Fanny Alger or that yeah. Joseph translated the Book of Mormon by looking into a hat, which mm-hmm. was something I had never ever yeah, heard my never. entire life well, the until I was an adult. It. Yeah, and and all the Mormon art and iconography depict something totally different. I I mean, I remember seminary listens describing how the Urim and the Thummim fit on the breastplate and how he looked mm-hmm. through them and just all this stuff that then we found out was just untrue, yeah. you know. And and now I think the church has tried to reckon with that a little bit more by kind of like mm-hmm. putting a spin on it or saying, you know, releasing these releasing these articles, kind of trying to explain these things away. But at the time, like mm-hmm. this probably kind of blindsided you, you know, like. Totally. And I, being like a, a prominent, like, 
um, LDS singer in the spot in that spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it not only meant my whole religion <clears throat> was like over and down the tubes, but my career. Right. Like I, um, yeah. There was just you had this feeling that you would lose everything. Just, yeah. Did you wonder if you were going to lose your marriage? Yeah, you did. Yeah. And at first, it was really scary for my husband because he was not on the same page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was scared. It was a scary time for sure. So, I want to bring something up, but then I kind of want you to walk us through the time that you are on the kitchen floor and the rug of life has been pulled from underneath you to this comment. And when I met you for the first time a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at C. Jane Christ's house, our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Lord of hosts, Son of man. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of lines from the Messiah, but I was moving too slowly. Counselor. I've had some gin tonight. <laughs> Messiah. Um, she is, truly, she is a counselor, though. Yeah. Like, she oh, yeah. is. Counselor. Yeah, she is that. So, <laughs> she is full of wise counsel. So, when I met you for the first time, mm-hmm. um, this wasn't the first thing you said to me, because that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> you said, we, you mentioned that. Your father had said, you've got to stop saying stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about what in particular? Like, what kind of stuff were you putting mm-hmm. on social media? Yeah, I think I had, like, started to talk about my faith tra- transition. I had to. Okay. I <clears throat> felt like I had to for myself, like, to start over. But also, like, I had a lot of fans who I had I mean I had spent years traveling and doing firesides and, yeah you know yeah. yeah um and so for me so even though the music you were now writing and producing wasn't Mormon per se no, like a I lot had, of your fans had mm-hmm. found you through yeah, your I, Mormon I music I still had like kind of like done a few LDS projects here and there um I had a song um that it wasn't a church song but the church licensed it from me to put in their Meet the Mormons film uh-huh okay so I felt like I I can't just pretend like this hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to talk about it and make it clear that, like, I could not support this. Um, so tell us, yeah. give us a snapshot of Brother Bandit finding you on the kitchen floor <laughs> to uh, where you feel like you have to talk about it publicly. And where mm-hmm. does telling mom and dad fit into that? Yeah, I, oh, it's hard. So much of it is kind of a blur because a lot of it was trauma. Like, yes, and you know, we don't to, really remember. Yeah, to go through all of that was traumatic because it. When I did start to be public about it, a lot of my fans were really cruel and awful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Your Mormon fans, my my Mormon fans. Yeah. yeah, I I don't excuse that, but I get it because I had stepped into a role of being this example, and that's how I was. Groomed to be by my my family culture and yeah. and the church my whole life yeah yeah I stepped into that role willingly and you know I think especially at that yeah. time like during that whole I'm a Mormon mm-hmm. campaign and kind of those times like I think the church particularly loved people like you because you were like cool you know what I mean <laughs> they could be like look at this cool Mormon yeah you know so yeah. you could go and do these these um, firesides because you were like a rock star but you were also like down with Jesus and you know like like I think it was really easy like it was 
I feel like there were a lot of stories, like, I mean, I just remember being Mormon and a lot of stories like yours being told about, like, Mm -hmm. look, we're not, because the whole point of the whole I'm a Mormon campaign was, like, we're not weird. We're just regular people like you. Brandon Flowers did it. But you're talking about Meet the Mormons. But it happened around the same time. Yeah, they actually asked me to do a Meet the Mormons campaign, or, yeah, an I'm a Mormon. I'm a Mormon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Interview. And I was going through all of this, and I I said no for that reason, but... They did license my song for the actual film, Meet the Mormons. Mm -hmm. And the scene it was with, to me, was like... It was like actually kind of a big step for them. Because it was like a woman who worked, who was a champion kickboxer. um, And she had kids. And I was like, oh, they're finally like highlighting a woman, a female athlete who has a career. Right. And like, they want to put my song with it because it's an empowering like kind of woman song. So I was like, okay. like Yeah. It made sense. Anyway. And now the church is like, fuck all that. Well, we don't, <laughs> well, I don't just, say Mormon. I just picture like, oh, yeah, we can't even <laughs> say the word Mormon. <laughs> can't even now. say Mormon. But I, but I do like. I think there was. I think there was this like kind of little moment where the church seemed like maybe it was opening the doors mm-hmm. a little bit wider and inviting yes, more people there in. Was a moment and there. I and I think for a lot of us that were in the church at the time who were like progmos, we were like, oh yes, the church is growing mm-hmm. and evolving. And then and now I think in the last ten years the church is just like. Mm-hmm batten down the hatches and close oh, the doors tighter and, yes, and drawn more lines in the sand, you yeah, know, and we're, they're not about a big umbrella church. They're mm-hmm. about like toe the line. Romney's campaign yeah. that, that they wanted to be more mainstream. To be, yeah, oh my yeah. God. And his picture of him yeah. holding the Diet Coke. And... <laughs> um, let's take oh, a little okay. break. Oh. It's for us. Oh, okay. Do you, Cause I have a feeling you need a break. I do. I'm just kidding. No, I don't. Um, but let's take a little break. And then when we come back, yeah, let's just hear more kind of about that kind of leaving the church in the public eye and what, sure. what that was like and, and all the mean things the Mormon said. We want to go through those oh, one yeah. by one. Will you show that? Just kidding. We don't really have okay. to. <laughs> if you want to. We don't have to. Okay, I bye. I would love that. Whoa, 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 yeah. Do you know why Sister Twain does that all the time? Do you remember? No way. <laughs> They're the transitions between scenes of Hannah Montana. Oh! <laughs> those, those, but it, it was Miley Cyrus singing those yeah. scenes. And Sister Twain is obsessed with them. There was a period where you would just send me texts of yourself singing them multiple times a day. And I'd just be cracking up. Yeah. Like the funniest thing I've ever yeah. done. Anyway, um, so. I should just, we should record those. And then instead of using the transitions provided by those. Anchor, we should just have that you. to our audience. Well, sued by. <coughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Stop. We don't, yeah. Miley, we don't, don't sue us. Well, it wouldn't be Miley. It would be like this. Disney, you know? Oh, yeah. Disney. And we don't, we don't want to get on the Disney bad side of Disney. Disney. They got a lot of money. We're getting sued. <laughs> Disney's going to shut us down. Oh my god! If the podcast ever disappears, you guys just know (laughs) that it's not because of my (laughs) social fears. It's because of Disney. As we rise in global domination, it threatens Disney. Disney is like we got to stop. Okay, so where were we? So, so you are leaving the church. You're starting to be more vocal about it. Were there certain issues or things that you felt like I've got to speak up about this, or was it more just a sense of like? I owe it to these people who are my fans and who follow me to let them know where I am now because you, you know, obviously you don't want to pretend that you're Mormon for their sake, but you also don't want to be inauthentic, be unauthentic. Yeah. So was it more just that desire to like, or was it like there were certain things happening that you were like, okay, I have a, I have a platform. I need to speak up about this thing. Well, I mean, for me, LGBTQ rights was a big thing I wanted to speak up about. Yes. Um, 
I can't remember what year was it when when um, gay marriage was made legal in Utah for like fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Late so federally. I remember like applauding that, being way stoked about it, and was vocal about that online, and and got a lot of a lot of backlash uh-huh. from, from my community about that. And I feel like there's been a collective journey since then where people are way more accepting now. Not that they, you know, there's obviously still a still ton problems, of problems, yeah. still a ton of problems. But, but, but then it was like cruelty, cruel comments oh, yeah. for me, even yeah. just saying, Hey, congrats, Utah. Yeah. Like it was not even a big political yeah. post. It was just a real quick, like, good awesome. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Major, major, cruel, cruel comments trolling for that. And then, so yeah, LGBTQ issues for me, and then feminism issues like I wore pants to church on those pants to church right. movement days, right? Which seems like the silliest form of protest. I like, know it's so nonviolent, it's so calm. It's like I'm just gonna say, hey, but it was a big fucking some deal. Some real like cultural differences and and doctrinal differences that we need to work out. But it was a big deal, and I was the only person in my congregation that wore pants to church. Mm. On that day, and I was the ward chorister, so I was up oh, in front of the whole congregation. Of yeah. the Damn, <laughs> it's so funny because like it feels like you're talking about the 1940s, but this was like five years ago, you know, or like ten years ago, or whatever. And it's like, and now, and what's so funny, and this is, you know, people love to. People love to say that, that none of those protests matter and blah 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 and it's all it's all noise or whatever. But like sister missionaries can wear pants now, you know, and I'm sure that was part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure Wait, that, they can. Yeah, can't I they? I didn't know that. No, I think yeah. sister missionaries can wear pants now. Oh my really? God. Yeah, maybe I made that up, but I know they've changed. <laughs> Google that. Google Cindy, that. Fact check that, please. Yeah. Oh, but, but also the same thing with LGBTQ issues because, like you said, like when gay marriage became legal in Utah. I think right now for Mormons, it's very trendy to be pro-LGBTQ, mm-hmm. you know, to fly your pride flags and to donate to Encircle and, to, you know, like, which which I think are good things. But I think even four or five years ago, it was not that cool mm-hmm. to be seen supporting. Not only was it not cool, it was, like, dangerous to, I mean, you lose your, your whole, I lost everything. Yeah. I lost my whole, like, friend group, save a few people, save CJ and Christ only. Right. <laughs> So what were some of the, can you recall some of the things that were said by Mormons when you were, when they started finding out? If you want to, or is this traumatic? No, it's, it's not traumatic. I don't, I can't like remember specific quotes, but I could, if I went back, I could pull up dozens upon dozens. I actually, I do remember someone called me the antichrist. Right. Like, okay. Right. Oh, oh, someone said you're an embarrassment to God and Jesus Christ. Oh, um, oh my God. Love it. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm an awful person and I would not ever say that to someone. <laughs> that is cruel. Yeah. You're so an you're embarrassment really... to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that is cruel. Yeah. Especially if you're a religious person, like that's like basically the meanest thing you can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That one was hard. Um, but there's so many, like, I cannot count, or there's so many. But I think because I was in the spotlight as an, like, you know, LDS singer doing Fireside, uh-huh. and being in that yeah. role, I had put, set myself up for more public scrutiny than yeah. Yeah. anyone who maybe, you know, is has not been a public figure for the LDS church. Like, you're not going to get as much criticism. Yeah. So that's, I get it. That's for sure. I think it's, I think, too, like, what what a lot of us don't have to grapple with when we leave the church is that, you know, for you being public about leaving the church threatened your livelihood, 
you know, threaten your marriage, which obviously, which I think happens with a lot of people, but like, you know, you stood to lose a lot of money and a lot of mm-hmm. your, the way you like paid the bills and like fed your children if people stopped listening to your music <laughs> or if you lost some of those <clears throat> licensing opportunities or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think that can't be understated because I think like, that's a that is it that's a difficult that makes a difficult decision even harder when you're like not only will this affect me and my personal relationships and whatever but like I could potentially lose mm-hmm. financial opportunities in the future because of it but yeah. you'd also built a persona in your mm-hmm. own right yeah that a lot of us don't have to abandon or wonder like if I'm not this anymore then what am I I mean we go through identity crisis sure. when we leave church but like yeah. you had an extra layer there too yeah as a known singer songwriter mm-hmm. okay so the mom and dad stuff mm-hmm. the thing you said to me when we met mm-hmm. had your so i guess you know your dad said stop you've got to stop posting stuff like that mm-hmm. had he said things to you or your mother before then um he had like noticed when I stopped wearing my garments and confronted me about that. Um, you know, I don't think we've ever had a great relationship with communicating. So, you know, he would not talk about it much, although, you know, he'd notice things and would bring it up occasionally. And every time it was really awkward or painful or would he bring it up in front of others or in private? Mostly in private. Yeah. And would he say, Madam. What's going on? I want to know why you're not going to the <clears throat> temple. Yeah. Like, why, you know. Yeah. Um, Would he ask you, can you come speak with me privately? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, on and occasion, on some of the occasions, yeah. On others, he, I was, it was just out of nowhere, like, kind of ambushed. Mm-hmm. A bit, like, if we were at a family gathering or Thanksgiving or things like that. Yeah. So, and I get it. It's like, you know, he, he raised me to be a certain way that he's super passionate about mm-hmm. and and when and that for him has yeah. worked really well yeah like that it's it's been it's a great everything. life for him yeah it's everything and it also means and this is one thing that i really um dislike most about the lds church is that like they take the thing you love the most your family your children mm-hmm. and tell you you can't have those things if they don't fall in line with it <laughs> yeah. so for it's him really they're insidious. saying yeah, yeah it's like he, he's losing his child yeah, yeah. 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 Which, yeah. Which he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to do. Yeah. And so the, so. and so the only way to fix that is to confront try, you yes. and to try to hold you accountable yeah, and he, to call you to repentance mm-hmm. and do all of those things yeah. that I'm sure many of us have had our parents do. Shout mm-hmm. out to Ashley's mom if she's listening. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, like they, they you, to your point, they are told by the church, like, this yeah. is your responsibility to say, if you do not do this, yeah, very... you will lose these children in the eternities. Incredibly manipulative. So yeah. let's take how they feel about it, how dad mm-hmm. might have felt and his motivations. Let's take it and forget it. Okay. How did you feel in those moments when he would come up to you and say, Madam yeah. Bandit, can I speak to you in private? Yeah. How would that feel? Would you immediately feel like, oh, shit? Yes. Okay. Just, uh, I would definitely go into my fight, flight, freeze, almost always freeze yeah, <laughs> response. Freeze was the, was the F word for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Freeze response for me. And I think it totally took me back to childhood moments, too, with, with him where he's the priesthood leader. And right. there's never any questioning or challenging his authority. Which yeah. is to there say he was. was the authoritarian. Was, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, never, <clears throat> ever, like, did that in my life, you know? So for me, logically, differentiating is totally normal and healthy as an adult, and that's that's great. But, yeah, like, when you are raised under the umbrella of patriarchy. Hmm. Here we go. And it is embedded in your neural pathways there during your is. developmental yeah. years. Okay. Yeah, like, I I hate that I go into my freeze mode, but it's encoded into me right now. It's really hard to untangle that. Right. Yeah. I get, like, I get that you hate it, but yeah. you also need to be really kind to yourself about it, I do, it yeah. You're right. Because, yeah, you didn't say, program me, please. Yeah. Right. You know. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> out of curiosity, and no right or wrong answer, I'm not mm-hmm. going to judge you, Brother Coffee I'm going to judge you. Yeah. Okay. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what you're going to ask. I'm going to judge <laughs> Sister Twain for asking whatever she's about to ask, but I'm not going to judge you for no, your answer. No, when you and Brother Bandit are alone. No, I'm just kidding. So... <laughs> No, what I'm I'm still on the same subject, people. So it, it, today in 2021, if your dad were to call you and say, "Hey, can you come over? I need to speak with you privately," how would you a feel and how what would you b say? Um, I would start to sweat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would start to like dissociate in my brain. Okay. Go blank. But I would say, I. Th- no, I would say I think you need to tell me what you want to tell me now. Tell me what it's about. I would, it would be too anxiety-inducing to like yeah. go agree to go into that not knowing. And I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's that, good. That's gross. Is there a time when you would have said, okay, yeah, I'll be right over? No. No, it's always been like that. Okay. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> good. Okay, great. So let's say yeah. he comes over uh, or you go over there. It's Father's Day. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that you just do. You don't think about it. You're... And he uh, says, hey, madam, come here. I want to talk to you about something. So you're in the same space. Mm-hmm. What would you do then? Uh, well, today in, in, in 2020. Yeah, today, today I think I would, I would definitely say no. That's not, that's not safe for me. I think I'm in a place where I can say that now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we all have to learn about our relationship with our parents, and this comes up a lot, obviously, in the gay community, but I think it also applies to sort of any anytime there's sort of a big, like, social divide like this with your parents, that your power is your presence, yeah. you know? Like, if they want to have a relationship with you, mm-hmm. then they have to do that on your terms, mm-hmm. you know? And if they are going, if you're, you know, and, and I went through this with my with my own mom, but, like, if, if she was going to ask me questions that made me uncomfortable or say things to my mm-hmm. children that made them uncomfortable, I would, I chose to then remove myself from spending time with her, <coughs> you know, which yeah. was painful for her, you know? Um, and so I think, like, that's that's your power in these moments is to say like, if you want a relationship with me and with my children, then you have to respect certain boundaries and you have Mm -hmm. to, and, and obviously, and I'm not saying that that's easy to do. That's incredibly hard to have these conversations, but I think it's important that we say like, if you want to have a relationship with me, these are the terms. And if you don't, or if you can't respect those terms, then I can't, you know, then I'm not going to put, I'm not going to bring myself over here to be like shamed or like belittled, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think, um, for a long time, I thought I had to make things right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think I'm really just coming to this place in my life where it's like, you know what? Like, it is not my job to fix this. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I've done, like, everything I think that I can do. And I deserve to, like, 
be an adult now and yeah. like make my own choices. <laughs> I, I deserve that a long time ago, but it's okay for me to do that. I'm really, so gentle listeners, if you're mm-hmm. in a position where you're a grown ass adult and it's still hard <laughs> for you to like stand up for yourself to your parents or to like, you know, to disappoint them. We, I get you. Yeah. yeah. Like we've all, you're not there. alone. We're all going through that yeah. in yeah. this culture and this weird experience. This, but as I like to remind people, they're the ones that are in the cult. Right. So yeah. you need to stop apologizing to <clears throat> them. Mm-hmm. They should apologize to you for how fucking weird they are and do, how fucking weird their church is. Do they should be? A, they should be like, I'm so sorry. I know this is weird, but we're gonna say a prayer to a mythical being in the sky before we eat this food. I'm yeah. sorry. I know it's weird, but just it's a thing we do. Be- they should be apologizing to us for that. Right. I'm sorry. You can't bring wine, even though you're adults, to this dinner. Yeah. Because we were told by a pedophile in the 1800s. <laughs> That fermented grape juice takes us away from right. God. So, so therefore, so I'm, but I'm so sorry. Like right. they owe us an apology <laughs> instead two, of the other way around. There's two things that can be true at the same time. And then we'll get back to madam. Uh, which is you can start to create boundaries, but it can still feel really hard yeah. and yucky. And you go into your trauma response, whether that's a f- freeze flight fighter fawn it yeah. can still one of them is flan one of the flan. choices i just learned this recently too. oh i thought you said flan like the spanish, the, like dessert. The spanish dessert i was no. like wait my choices are fight yeah. flight or flan i'll uh, I, choose flan. Flan. I choose i choose a custard-based dessert um, with a caramel we sauce i have had many gentle listeners reach out and say when my parents ask me about going to church i feel like i'm 14 again yeah be kind to yourself yeah mm-hmm. it's okay that you feel that way there's nothing wrong with you it doesn't mean yeah. you haven't come a long way yeah. You know, because we're going to feel the things that we feel. Right. We got to stop fucking beating ourselves up over everything. Like yeah. I would beat myself up over feeling like I, you know, am ashamed that I couldn't stand up for myself in front of my parents. Yeah. 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 And I was like, you know what? I, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's going to take time. Considering now. everything that yeah. you've, mm-hmm. that what you've come through, what you've lived through. You know, your lived experience. Your lived experience. So yeah. be kind to yourself. So, okay. So how did you get to the Madam Bandit persona creation thing? This is a great segue into that because during the, during the pandemic, this project uh, started coming out of me. I had the opportunity to make um, what like we kind of call in the music world like a fake band so a lot of there's a lot of fake bands out there that they create themselves solely to pitch their music to TV and film. Okay, so it's like you might hear this rad song on a Sprite commercial and then like go Shazam it and then find that like this band hardly has any followers or whatever. It's probably a fake band that like they're music professionals, but they're like let's just create a bunch of cool music to pitch to TV and film. Okay, the reason this would be like a. I'm just fa- I'm fascinated yeah. by this principle. So this would be like a band that we have heard of, probably, but they're but they're pitching. They're like creating oh, a, fo- a fake persona. Oh, okay. Oh well, maybe they're in a band. Maybe they they oh, okay. have been in a, a different band you've heard of in the past. Yeah, there's lots of pro musicians in well-known bands that will then create a side project that's okay. like their fake that, band. Okay. We're just gonna pitch this to TV and film because TV and film is is lucrative that's for where musicians. The money is, yeah. yeah, and so. Um, yeah, so I was I was working with this producer out of LA. Um, we both had the same manager. We didn't even really know each other very well, but she's like, it makes sense for you to like create some music to pitch to TV and film because you're both 
signed to the same TV film sync agency. Like, why don't you give it a try? So we started to make these songs. And I, like, at first was like, great. I don't have to put any social media work or marketing into it. It's just like, let's see if you're we can... just going to try to sell it yeah. to some mm-hmm. TV show and TV, on, the, TV on Hulu and... that's going to play mm-hmm. it on an episode or something. The people that pitch music to TV and film, they're called music supervisors. And for them, it's like really beneficial to work with unknown bands because there's no red tape. Right. There's n- it's like a lot less expensive, but it's still good money for us. You right. know, like, so if they try to get like, you know, to license a song from you too, right. it's going to be really hard and really expensive. So anyway, this was going to be one of those fake projects, but I got attached to it and I started to like fantasize about making it into something. Um, so long story short, I like bought my, my producer out that was making the songs with me. And I was like, I would really like to own this and have it be a project for me. I called it Madam Bandit. I'd like, I didn't really know where all these choices were coming from, but I was just going with it. And I was like, I feel like it has a mask as part of the branding. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so I just started to play with it and like not work. Cause it was during the pandemic. I was like killing a little bit of time. Right. I was so like, was hanging out at home. <laughs> You're like, I can't make any more uh, sourdough bread. I know. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So really it was like a fun exercise in play for me. And I think it was a lot of subconscious rising, bubbling to the surface as well like so so for me I started like I'm like why what is the mask thing about all about why do I why am I incorporating a mask in this branding and I remember as a kid when my mom was obsessed with Phantom of the Opera like all of our family home evenings for a long time were about Phantom of the Opera There's nothing that I love more than the Mormon obsession with, with the musicals? musical. Totally. Because because the musical the the message of the musicals is often so antithetical to what Mormons believe. Like Mormons love Greece. They fucking love Greece. <laughs> yep. And Greece is the story of a girl who becomes who changes herself and becomes like a slut so she can land a boy. Right. Like that's yeah. the story of Greece. Yeah. But Mormons are like, they love it. And you're like, this is nothing okay. that you actually my, believe in. My parents never talked talk to me about sex. I never got the sex talk. Like I got all of that from the playground or from like yeah. one of my sisters. Mm-hmm. But they totally, my mom totally loved Greece and like showed right. us. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up right. with Greece, but never. Right. I was taught that, like, she would play this this talk tape for all of us sisters that called Kissing is a Sin. Oh, my God. Like a church talk tape. But never, I never got the sex talk. So I don't know what a talk Greece, tape is. It was Greece and Kissing is a Sin. The, the, that um, was your, oh, that was how you learned about. My. <laughs> learned about the, the power God. of female pleasure. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Back to Phantom. So, yeah, she was just obsessed with. The, the concept of we all wear masks, you know, and we all need to just take off our masks and be more authentic. This is what your mom would say yes. when you would was, listen to Phantom. Yeah, okay. she even had like a member in the ward who was a sculptor sculpt this mask, like, I don't know, this bronze mask sculpture. And it was like a piece of art in our home. And then we all went, we all drove from Northern California to Los Angeles, like in our big brown family van to watch Phantom of the Opera right. on Broadway in Los Angeles. So it was like a big thing. So I just, I think, <laughs> I'm like, why are all these mask, um, why is this mask imagery coming out of my subconscious? And I think it might be from that because the irony now is that I have not even been able to take off my mask for my own parents, yeah. my own mother who taught me 
to take off the mask. But you're still wearing but a mask. But I still her. have to wear a mask whenever I'm with my parents, you know? Like I don't there's just they don't they do not know me. Yeah. My parents do not know who I am and mm. they don't really <clears throat> make an effort to either. Yeah. Um but yeah, and so for me really it's been a cool exercise in contemplating what masks am I wearing in my life. Mm-hmm. And do I even need to make it wrong that I'm wearing these? I feel like in in many ways, like it's, you know, me trying to self-preserve. Yeah, and for like, sure. You know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really just exploring that with this project. So do you feel like, do you want to say what your other music, the name your other music is under? Because I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners don't know. Or do you want us to just stick with Madame Bandit? Let's just stick with Madame Bandit. So do you feel like it's very musically different than what you've done in the past? Uh Yeah, my other music that I'm I'm well known for is more singer-songwriter, indie pop. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and then this is electropop, so and synth pop oriented. So it's all electronic instruments. Yeah, there are really no real instruments involved. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is just a selfish question, but you had another side project once. Can I ask about your other side Absolutely. project? Absolutely. So you had another hi- side project called Hive Riot. Yes. Love Hive obsessed, Riot! Obsessed <laughs> with Hive Riot. Riot. Thank you. I'm obsessed. Um, is Madame, do you feel like Madame Mana is more that type of music? Yeah, it's similar. Hive okay. Riot is also synth pop. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and loved that project. I did that project with my husband's little brother who is gay, and it was, that was like, before there was any kind of encircle or love loud or right. any like you know organization that we knew of we just wanted to create a healthier com- conversation around lgbtq issues in um you know our, our lds space and culture and that project was an exercise in that i fucking um, love hype riot so do I. maybe it's because i'm gay because <laughs> it's about so, the gays. Tell us where things are with Madame Banda right now. So um, today, I did what is called a soft release in October. For I did a cover of "Psycho Killer" by the Talking Head by Talking Heads. It's so good. So good. It's so, so fucking good. That it's was on my Halloween playlist. Woo! Yeah, it's that was so kind good. of a fun one to release at Halloween time. Yeah. But um, this next release, this next single, is called "Gin and Tonic." And it's like my first big release as Madam Bandit, my first main single. It comes out on November nineteenth, and which when we when we post this episode, it because we're recording yeah. this obviously before, <clears throat> but it should be available now when we post this. Yeah, when you yeah, it's available now, so you can go stream it on any ma- major music streaming. You can look up Madam Bandit, Gin and Tonic, mm-hmm. Spotify, whatever. Yeah. Apple Music, yeah. Deezer, title, whatever. You How was that for you to write a song? Name it gin and tonic, which is super boot bad, word of wisdom <laughs> stuff. Do you particularly love a gin and, ton- gin and tonic? You know, I like a gin and tonic. It's not my favorite cocktail, okay. but I like it. But I, it, it's my husband's favorite cocktail. Oh, okay. And we are both so really different people. Uh-huh. So for me, it's kind of like this, this coming together of these different you know, things Elements. that are actually work well together. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. But it's his okay. favorite cocktail. Okay. Um, so surprising. Is it? It. Is, I mean, it is to me. I don't know. I just see a gin and tonic as like, it's, you know, it's English. So it seems yeah. sort of, it's, to me, it's like the English countryside in the summer. Like that's, and I love a gin and tonic too. Your husband <laughs> is like a fucking lumberjack. Like he is like yeah. a manly. <laughs> he also really loves a man's like a man. Moscow mule. Right. Or I just Texas see, mule. yeah. 
yeah, but, yeah just, but gin and tonic, a gin and tonic is one of his very favorites. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Let's have him over and drink a lot of gin and tonics. Ooh. I'm into it. it. Okay. I'm into it. Uh, let's take a break and then come back and come back and wrap up. And then we have a set of new questions for guest stars. So Sister Twain sent me a message saying she was like, I hate those questions you wrote. That's for not the, what I said. For the, for the guests. That's not what I said. I want to rewrite them. You never consulted me. <laughs> I didn't When say you that. wrote these five questions, you did that. not have my active and enthusiastic consent. I didn't care. To ask these people these five questions. I didn't really so care. I'm rewriting new questions. I did say so that So we part. have new questions today. For, okay. Okay. So we're going to take a break. Okay. And then we'll be back. We're, are we back? We're back. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. I just got a devastating message from a high school friend. Oh. No one's dead or has cancer okay. or anything. It's I, like I literally hit record <laughs> and you were looking at your phone and then you gasped. And then I was like, oh shit, wait, should I stop? Are we recording? What's happening? <laughs> right, right. Okay, anyway. Everything's fine. Okay. <clears throat> so, all right, last segment. And I want to ask how Brother Bandit feels about Madam Bandit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he thinks... Not that we give a shit. Not that it de- matters. You don't need his permission. I don't need your man. fucking permission to write my music. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Bandit. But you we want to hear know. that, Brother Bandit? We want to know exactly how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> You're just kidding. I can't, I can't wait for him to listen to this. <laughs> Not that it matters. Um, he thinks Madam Bandit is sexy as hell. Okay. okay. Yeah. okay. He okay. likes the masks. <laughs> Is what I don't know. I think so. I'm making this up. Do you think Madam Man is sexy, ever Brother Ben? Come to bed with just the mask on? No. No. Oh. I haven't. Yeah. Free idea. Just well, free that's idea. Weird. That's can, weird yeah. because that's all you're wearing that's right now. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it's weird that you wouldn't do that for your husband, but the, for recording this interview, you were like, I can only wear the mask and nothing else. I know. And we were like, and we were like, okay. I mean, that's weird, but if that's how you're more comfortable. Oh, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting choice that you've made. Okay. I think he's just at a point where he's like accepted that I'm I'm going to do what I'm going to do right. and I am who I am and good he's, job, brother. Uh, he's yeah. a good job brother babe. yeah we like good that job, brother, babe. and if he doesn't support it he <coughs> knows that that's his soul work to do yeah. and so tell us do that how, work. so how long have you been married and how did you meet okay we've been married for 21 years Jesus, Jesus fucking cuz I was a teen bride <laughs> Or just, teen engagement. I, I mean, we're not talking Fanny no, Alger. You yeah. were not a Fanny Alger. We're not a Fanny Alger, but I just me. can't believe that I know people that have been married for twenty years. Just yeah. that feel. I feel too young mm-hmm. for that. We yeah. are. But yeah. but but it is clearly true. <laughs> yeah. I have friends who are grandparents, but I also yeah. feel too young for that. So, anyway. um, he was my Sunday school teacher uh, when I was seventeen. When you t- when you told this to Sister Twain Knight earlier this <laughs> evening, we both went. That's hot. We were both, yeah, yeah. we were kind of into that. Oh, oh, oh like we a, didn't even no, miss ball, a beat we just between looked, her last We looked consonant right and, at each other and we were yeah, like, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's hot. Yeah, I remember one Sunday school activity where we went to see Saturday's Warrior, like the, the musical no, play. You didn't. Yeah, we did. And it was totally like, um, I've seen that smile oh, yeah. somewhere before. <laughs> Oh, I've heard your voice before. You know what? Anyway, you know what we. Sh- that's not how Madam Bandit sings. I, I, I have. A, I just. You've given me an idea, and I think we need to figure out a way to make this happen with your help. <gasps> okay. We need to have a live screening of Saturday's Warrior, mm-hmm. like in a movie theater, <gasps> with yes. the gentle listenership. Where and we can do like 
we can talk before we can so like Rocky Horror, right? And maybe but we'll for, even dress like we will dress like yeah, we will dress <laughs> like the bad kids. We'll dress like the bad kids that believe in population control. Um, oh my god! Anyway. As Just long as idea. I get to see a penis and in the audience. He was my Sunday school teacher um, when <clears throat> I was 17, and he was a newly returned missionary. I do remember when um, it was state conference, and I was up in the choir um, at the tabernacle, kind of up above the whole congregation down below, and they announced the newly returned missionaries and asked them to please stand up and to welcome them home, and, and Brother Bandit stood up, and it was like the angels of heaven. Oh. It was like... <laughs> is that what and I told called, like? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's very uh, operatic. And I called my best friend at the time and I said, Mark my words, I am in a merry brother band. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. I love this shit. You hate this shit. <laughs> 17 year old girl. Yeah. Listen. I, I went to high school with Brother Bennett. He was a handsome, ha- oh, he has yeah. always been a handsome, he handsome is, man. He is akin he is to a very handsome Ragnar Lothbrok, who, if you've ever seen the Viking series. Yes, yeah. yeah. He's, a, He's a very handsome, very handsome Viking yeah. man. Anyway, so um, after I graduated from high school, we dated on and off for a year. And uh, we weren't even dating when he came over. And he wasn't planning on asking me to marry him, but... Um, he just, he actually came over. He told me to say, like, this is too hard to keep going out and then breaking up and, like, getting back together. I can't do this anymore. Like, I need to just say goodbye. And then he ended up saying, what are you doing this summer? I was like, I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, nothing much. And I was like, what are you doing this summer? And he's like, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> and he had been really... Like, <laughs> I mean, sister, sister twain. twain. <laughs> it's okay. No, keep going. You this woke was... my cat up. <laughs> Who's asleep on Man and Madness Sister jacket. Twain just like fell over, over her chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but he had been a really like quiet and kind of timid and shy Viking up until that point. <laughs> and the minute he was like, "I'm gonna marry you this summer," I was like. They're like, round. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two minutes later, like after he said that to me, um, a date. <laughs> no, you didn't. No. no. A date came knocking at my door that was taking me out. Oh my oh. God. And I was like, hide. I was like, go down the hallway, hide. Like I have a date coming over right now. So this guy comes, picks me up, takes me out. We got like a block away and I was just like, stop the car. Oh my God. I have to go back. And he was taking me to go meet his family. We had been oh! dating for a while. Oh. Yeah, so it was like kind of a little, lot of pressure, like and serious. While, and I was like, or... yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A couple weeks. <laughs> 12, 12 days. 12 days. I was like, I, I'm sorry. I cannot meet your family. <clears throat> I cannot go out with you anymore. It was just like, I just had to get back there to Brother Bandit. And uh, he started to cr- <laughs> My date started to cry. Oh. I love this story so much. Yeah, me too. I know. It was really sad. Um, no, I love... It's so romantic. Mm, okay. Well, sad for him. And looking, fuck him. I, I was fuck a teenager, I know, people. I No, looking back, I could have been a lot more mature about it and, like, just gone on the date, you know? Oh, no, no, I no, left, no. He let me out of the car, and I walked home and back to into the arms of Brother Bandit. He was still still sex. at my apartment hanging just out with saying, my sister. Yeah. Oh my god. The funny, thing, 
So I just realized no cell phone to when you at. said at my apartment, I just realized that I was picturing this story, but it was happening in the home you live in currently with Brother Bandit, which would make no sense. Which obviously would that home make didn't no exist. sense. Okay. <laughs> and so then, okay, so we, then we, yeah, shortly after that, we really got engaged. So mm-hmm. it was like, we went from not, we weren't really dating at that time at all. And then you were We engaged. went from not dating to being engaged. And what did it. you tell me about your engagement period before mm-hmm. we started recording? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was really short. It was a couple months long. I was 19. I was 18, I think, when we got engaged. 19 when we got married. Wow. Yeah. And then we had, um, in our engagement picture, he was kissing me on the cheek. And that really rubbed my parents the wrong way. Right. They felt Naturally. It was, they felt it was inappropriate. Naturally. So they asked me. Why are you such a whore? You know? <laughs> to parent a separate engagement picture they could send to all of their friends because my dad was a general authority at the time. So this went out to like, we had, we had, I mean, it um, probably went to like the prophet. We had some of the apostles <laughs> yeah, yeah, at yeah. our wedding no, reception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, there were he apostles had to send a copy to the prophet yeah. and we don't want the prophet to see kissing. <laughs> You know, it was yeah. It was a kiss on the cheek. Not, Jesus not the Christ! Um, You're gonna did. make kids together. We made another um, engagement photo where we're like two feet apart, <laughs> book just, of Mormon just, apart, just standing, <coughs> holding, just a book standing Mormon. next to each other, not touching. <laughs> like we're ready to get married, <laughs> we're ready and make babies, yeah. make Mormon and, babies, but we're not gonna touch each other. Yeah, and in in order to make it to the temple through, you know, to our wedding day with no problems, we didn't kiss on the lips for our engagement. Wow. Can I ask this? And you are welcome to say I'm not comfortable answering that. You, you from get the beginning of this interview. From the beginning of this interview. Is me saying I'm not comfortable going to give away the answer? All sister, no, 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 no. All sister Twain wants to talk about is your sex life. No, but no, we, but, stop it. Okay. That's all she wants to talk about ever. No. With, with anyway, yeah. <laughs> My question is, okay, so maybe I got invited to a party by someone in this room. And I was like, <laughs> when are we having sex at the party? When oh. is that happening? And and she was like, Sister Twain, this is not a sex party. This is not happening. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll still come, I guess. So anyway, um, <clears throat> we can edit that out. to behave. I'm going to behave. So um, It's literally like an album <laughs> release party. <laughs> I know. For Madam Bandit's you even professional told me, career. You even told me that there won't hardly even be any straight guys there. Yeah. So, okay. It's an album release party. And Sister Twain's like, well, I'm going to get my tits out. And, Ma- <laughs> and Madam Bandit is like, please don't. Like, I'm trying to promote but my, my question, music. My question. So you're married and then you can touch each other again. Was yeah. it wonderful? That's my question. No, it was a really hard oh. transition. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that was really hard. Is this I romantic? Think, is this romantic, Brother no, Coffee? No, but like, this is, <laughs> is this, this is the tale story? of all this time. Yeah, you know, like, I know, I know. We tell Mormon kids like not to do anything and then suddenly we're like, okay, everything's game. Yeah. And like, you're just supposed to like know how that all works. Yeah, I think I had also gotten the messaging and tell me if you did too, but like that his pleasure was the priority. Yeah. yeah. Not mine. Right. And so... um, <clears throat> Yeah, so that also made things hard for me because my pleasure was not my priority, even for me, yeah. even if it was for him. Like, yeah. Um, and there was just so much I didn't know. Like I said, I never got the. Maybe I said this off. No, I think it was on, on air. Recording. Okay, that yeah, you never got the sex. Talk. I never got the sex. Talk. Right, right. Um, you just got Phantom of the Opera did, DVDs. Did you know the mechanics of the penis? <laughs> yeah, I knew. Okay, okay, I knew the mechanics. Um. But there's still just a lot I didn't know about my own plumbing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Gwyneth taught us that. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, my God. Taught us that. 
Brother but, Coffee loves a goop. I love a, a goop. goop. <laughs> you guys. Okay. So, okay. Little tangent. Little tangent. Okay. So we all remember that I was obsessed with the goop show this on Netflix. This will be tangential. There was a show on Netflix about goop with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. They showed a lot of vulvas on one episode. My it. mind was blown. It was like 35 <laughs> vulvas in a row. They all look different. They all look different. <laughs> so many colors. Anyway. Well, there's a new show on Netflix called, called Love, Sex, and Goop. Yeah. And it's about couples who are going to sex therapy. And there's goop down there. There's goop. No, but it is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched in my life. The most uncomfortable. Like, I'm kind of obsessed. And I kind of like that they're, you know, like, there are they are saying some interesting things about sex and whatever. But there's a couple on it who are, like, I don't know if they use the word tantric. But remember, like, how Sting was, like, a tantric lover. Uh-huh. And he would have an orgasm for, like, 14 hours or whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> there's a couple on there who... Who, like, have an orgasm without touching each other. He's, like, pulling energy, like, through a string, through her vagina. And then, and she's, like, orgasming. They're both in their clothes. Anyway, it was so uncomfortable. (laughs) No, he, she's, like, he's, like, pull, like, it's a string. And he's, like, pulling a string through her, but he's, but they're both in all their clothes. Yeah, it's, it's so gross. Anyway. I can orgasm by doing kegels. Well, that's, I mean, that, this woman is like, but this, this woman is like to the moon this isn't about me. in her clothes with no one touching her. Anyway, love, to sex, the, and goop. It's to the moon. terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you condition someone from, you know, their earliest years, like to not be a temptation to boys, to not, right. yeah, think about sex, to not, not, not. And then suddenly you're married and all of a sudden you have to like turn on all those switches. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> on top of this understanding that it's your responsibility as yeah. well. Yes, I also <clears throat> got that messaging um, that yeah. it was my responsibility. I married a gay yeah. man, so imagine that responsibility. In the name you of Jesus Christ, Lord. amen. Well, you had it's nice that. talking to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure that gay can't, man. Can't top that, can you, Madam B? No, I'm just yeah. teasing you. So, okay. <clears throat> All right. God, where do we want to go from here? Because I have a million questions that I'm not going to ask. Okay. Um... <laughs> About let's tell let's tell the folks <laughs> let's tell the folks about your music and your album and where they can okay. find it and what's happening and when it's coming out so, and what they should see. So, Psycho Killer's already out. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help. Okay, thanks. Psycho Killer's already out. Yes, it came out in, streaming everywhere. Yes, mm-hmm. I love a Spotify myself. Okay, and I'm, a, I'm an Apple Music fan. Yes, Great. well, no right or wrong. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Right, <clears throat> you're gay and I'm straight. Right, <clears throat> you're not straight. Oh, yeah, I'm a little bit queer. So, <clears throat> and then um, Gin and Tonic comes out on November 19th. Yes. Which, if you're listening to this, it's already past November 19th. Yes. So I'm it's so, out. I, we have not heard it. I'm so excited oh. to hear it. <clears throat> I, I heard I'm a very little. very excited. You did a little teaser on your story, and I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm so excited. Do you remember when I Woo! sent you that message? Yeah. I'm yeah, you did. I'm for you. It's a good <clears throat> one, like, for your holiday playlist, because, you know, you're going to be making cocktails right. in the kitchen, or you're going to need to be surviving your family Thanksgiving right. and drinking a cocktail secretly in right. the bathroom. And right. crying. This one. Yeah, just put Cry. this song on. It's yeah. okay. Crying in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. um, and, then, and then when does the whole album come out? Yeah, so, okay, I'm going to be releasing songs one single at a time. That's just kind of the world we live in now. That's what Spotify pretty much demands if you want to be considered for playlists at all so single this single comes out the 19th and then the next single which is called punch you in the face great great <laughs> comes out which is what henry cavill's gonna do I, to me i just and i'm gonna come all i the feel place. that in my soul on so many levels <laughs> so the many. feeling that i have felt in my heart for the last 
two to four years uh-huh. is I want to punch people in the face. Oh, That's I thought what you were going to make a sexual thing. Say no, me. no. People can punch me in the face sexually anytime. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel too. Is it, not, is it, yeah. is sexually? that what the song is about? Do <clears throat> you want to punch people in the face? Yeah. Sexually? There's a lot. It's an... I, it's a lot of like just my anger towards patriarchy. Okay, like cool. it's that kind of song cool. for me. And so uh, I'm um, hard right now. <laughs> Someone that needs to comes punch out. patriarchy in the face. <laughs> yeah. Madam Mana is not making eye contact with Sister Twain right now. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that until you brought it up. Punch Thanks. you in the face comes out January 14th. And okay. one week later on January 21st, I will be doing a Madam Bandit show. It's actually a co-headline show with Madam Bandit and my real name if that oh, makes any it's sense like, it's like a all. Hannah Montana it's Hannah Montana best of both worlds it's like Jim and the holograms best of both yeah. it's Hannah That's Montana like best the, of both worlds state, oh, okay. yeah the state room in Salt Lake City on January 21st oh my gosh put if it on you my calendar come right now right across the street tonics. from the bayou Anyway, then the next song will come out in March and I think the Holy P actually will come out together by then at that point because there's a couple other really great songs on it one I, I which I wrote with my one of my sons oh my god it's called punctured lungs it's about depression but it's it's a really cool song but we both have experienced that and we wrote it together sounds like maybe it might be about long covid yeah (laughs) it's about it's about the complications of covid um i'm so excited so you can um i just want to say i'm gonna call this the best of both worlds tour just so you know okay good Um, If you want to be reminded of these dates or follow Madam Bandit, you can find Madam Bandit on Instagram, just at Madam, no E, just M-A-D-A-M Bandit. Um, Also, I have a new TikTok channel for Madam Bandit that you can find. Oh, we love a TikTok. Yeah, still figuring out how to work TikTok. We're 40. Listen, we're in our 40s. I'm 25. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to imply that you were in your 40s. So I said to Brother Coffee a year ago, I was like, oh my gosh, Hot Drinks totally needs to have a TikTok. And he said, I think that's a fabulous idea, but I will not be a part of it. <laughs> I love it. We I should have a TikTok. Your, your niche should be like making cocktails, making drinks. Oh. You wear a mask. Right. Yeah. Literally. I wear the Madam Bandit mask. Yes. For the borrow one. <laughs> anyway. And nothing else. So, I'm just naked so from, what, the, from the neck down. So what's the... So what's Making the TikTok a handle? Gin and tonic. Is it Madam Banda? Is there any TikTok channel is at Madam Banda as well? Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay great. So on all the socials, on LinkedIn, <laughs> on, <all> the <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> I do have a Facebook page too, but I'm mostly just on in, like hanging out on Instagram and for now. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so excited. And YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. Okay. There and yes, and there will be a gin and tonic music video coming out as well on November 19th. Oh my god, and a punch you in the face music. Didn't video. you just record it like yesterday? That was the punch you in the face music video. Oh, okay. That will come out in January. <clears throat> gin and tonic's already done, and yeah, it'll be out. Holy well. shit! I'm so excited. This is very exciting. <laughs> we. I have... feel like we're. I feel like. I feel like. We're. You're like touching me in weird ways and it's throwing me off. I feel like this has been a this is a big moment for hot drinks too because we're like debuting an artist. We're, we're like on the ground we're level. On the, yeah, we're on yeah. the we're on the cusp of the cultural moment. I wanted the best, you know, the tastemakers, the cool kids. That's, That's us. Too. That's us. We are the tastemakers. It's like in It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When George Bailey's on the phone right. with his friend in New York. Right. Mary's standing right there. Right. Right. And he's like, well, well plastics. Right. You can get on on the ground level of plastics. It's the, like, it's like. It was in, just like that. In Grey Gardens when she <laughs> says, 
A, a little costume I like I, to make. I don't like women in skirts. We've gone I off the like rails completely. I don't like women in skirts. Do you know Grey Gardens and I don't <clears throat> like women in skirts? We'll show it to you on the no, break. We will. It's our, it's our personal mantra. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I really love about this podcast is that you talk and share drink recipes a lot. And like you oh. get you you get drunk during your podcast. <laughs> we do indeed. We do so indeed. So I just wanted to say I'd love to share like a holiday gin and tonic recipe on your Patreon with your Patreon subscribers. Yes. Which by the way, I am one. I am a member of the Glory of Gary. Yes, the you glory are. Of Gary. Which is which is the Have kingdom you of it? Okay. No, it's no, still, no, no, still no. Glory of Gary. Okay. No. Isn't that your highest tier? That's our highest tier. Glory yeah, of Gary, Kingdom of my butthole. Kingdom. And my meaning the universal my. <laughs> yeah. Not, not my sister twins. Not sister twins. Specific butthole. Okay. Right. So um, okay. we, So you're gonna send us a gin and tonic recipe that we yeah, will post, post in our November Patreon. Patreon. Okay, it's a holiday great. one too. A holiday fucking gin and tonic. <laughs> do you have a do you have a preferred gin? Do you like the Madame Petrini gin? So right now I actually um I haven't tried that one. I've heard oh, it's excellent. I love it. I love it. Dented Brick Distillery. That's, That's what, what we're we drinking tonight. We're drinking tonight. Yes. Yeah, they're actually <clears throat> sponsoring my release party. Oh, we didn't even know. <laughs> Yeah, so they're sponsoring the gin for that party. Um, so that's what I'll be using. But they make a tasty gin. My holiday oh, yeah. gin and tonic recipe involves um, cloves and pomegranate. Oh my god! Are, what do you call the seeds in pomegranate? There's a word. It's like it's like areola, but it's not. Oh, areola. Oh, areola. Arils. Arils, oh, yeah. okay. It kind of is like areolas. Okay. I love an areola. So here's our five questions. So we have a new set of five okay. questions Sister that Twain we're hated the old ones. Okay. Bring it. Debuting with Madame Bennett. If your life was an 80s sitcom, what would the title be? Well, I think Punch You in the Face makes the most sense. Right, I love right. it. And it's about this quirky blonde musician. Right. <laughs> it's a wacky comedy. With who has a secret identity right. Right, like, on stage. Right. Like Gemma the like, like Hannah Montana. Like Hannah Best Montana. of both worlds. She's a mom. On, and, and Her husband's a gruff lumberjack, uh, but right. he loves a gin and tonic. <laughs> like it writes itself. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. How often do you rest? Whew. Uh, not very often. I, I love my job. Like, I actually have a couple different jobs. Um, they're all in music. I own a record label. Uh, and I have, my bread and butter is my singer-songwriter stuff. It's just under my given name. And I've met a bandit, and I also am a professor of songwriting to mm -hmm. college students. I love we not, to do that. Mm -hmm. We will not name the college. <clears throat> right. <laughs> we you don't. Just want, we don't. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> but I love. I so I do. think that's got to be the coolest thing to do. To go uh, like meet these yeah. young kids and help I actually them. Love. I think those it's so kids. cool. But yeah. yeah, so I don't rest a lot. But I am trying to be better at that. Do you have like a designated day where you typically don't have anything going on and you're like, oh, I can just kind of yes. do whatever. Yeah, Sundays are like our family day. Yeah. Like, so we try to do stuff with the family or just chill. Not, nice. Yeah. What relaxes you? Uh, I love a hot bath. Like that oh, has been preach. my therapy since preach. childhood. Yeah. Um, do you are put you anything on it? I don't have a tub in my house but right now. But would you be if you had one? Oh, or you... oh yeah. In okay, my last okay. place, I, I had a bath every other night. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Essential oils. Sometimes I'll put like lavender, drops of lavender yeah. oil in the water, but love a hot bath. Do you want the water to like <clears throat> boil your skin off yeah. your body? Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> like I want to be in pain while I'm relaxing. Mm -hmm. That's how you feel about that's, eye drops. That's too. how I feel. Same with that's the massage for me. Oh, I actually yeah. hurt me. has to hurt me. Yeah. 
Right. Whenever I go get a massage, like the therapist is like, I have never had to massage even like a freaking linebacker this hard. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> I think, Madam Bandit, if I may, I think that says something about our insides that when that in order for us to relax and feel pleasure we also need to be hurt at the same time so anyway unpack that in therapy great just drop that right at the end of the episode um what reminds you of your childhood that does not trigger any trauma Mm, uh, in vintage stuff antiques like um that is actually one of my pleasures is like going thrifting or to vintage shops um, and it's something that my mom was super into. So I don't know. That's something that's like a fond memory for me. Nice. Is oh, going junking that. or dumpster <clears throat> diving with her. Um, Madam Bannett gave me a gift the other day of something she had found <laughs> while antiquing, yes. which was a toy school bus yes. that said, what did it say on the back? It said the gay school bus. The gay school bus or something. <laughs> And I was like, back when gay just meant Well, I don't know. Did it mean the happy school bus? Was there a school district called gay? We don't know. If it was vintage, it meant It was like, I I still really don't know Brother Coffee that well. Like, I I do. Sure. I do. Yeah. But but we haven't, like, hung out a lot else. We have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, it would be weird if I just gave him a present out of nowhere. So I, like, hung on to it for a long time. Oh! But then... Like, I had this um, opportunity to... I have a vintage bus. It's my tour bus. And yeah. I had an opportunity, like, on Rainbow Day at BYU... Right. ...to drive, like, any kids that wanted to do a hop-on, hop-off hop experience. Mm. To drive so some we de- queer kids around. Yeah, we decked it out in, like, rainbow <clears throat> decorations. And uh, and we put a flag on the front that was Brother Coffee's. And, and he came and was my bus monitor. Yeah, it was fun. He, like, volunteered <laughs> to come be the bus so monitor. Fun. and. After like that, traffic. I was like, now it makes sense to give him the gay, give him the gay bus. I love it. The funny thing, too, is I was like, don't worry, kids, I got the music. And I put on, like, my gay playlist. <laughs> and all these, like, 20-year-old queers were like, who, who is this? What's, what are what's we happening? Listening? So then they what's took happening? over the playlist, and I was like, it's fine. Because it Ju- I was like, you guys, it's, it's, uh, it was, it's Dolly. It was Julie Through the Glass. Yeah, it was Julie Through the Glass. Final question. Which is a queer song. For sure. <laughs> Final question. What's something you love to do but don't get to do very often? Mm, something I love to do but don't get to do very often. You can say sex. Okay. <laughs> That's all you want this episode to be about. That's all. We're here to talk about the music. See, I could do... Uh, okay, so I'm not going to go into that one, Sister okay. Twain. But I understand. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good at allowing myself to do the things I want when I want to do them. That's okay. Good. I'm I trying like to, I would say travel, but I, I do like allow myself to travel when I want to. Okay. So yeah, travel was kind it. of the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's beautiful because I think as Mormons, we were raised and conditioned to delay gratification. Yeah. And I did and that, that for a long and time. That, and, and that, that like, like everything in this life is a that. sacrifice yeah. to give us something better <clears throat> in the next life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a hard lesson for a lot of post-Mormons to learn is that it's okay to do things just because they feel good or they bring you pleasure or they bring you joy or whatever. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to have any deeper meaning than that. It can just be like, this feels good in this moment and it's Mm -hmm. fun and I like it. And so I'm going to do it. They say in the temple, 
all your time, talents, and money should go towards the building of the kingdom of God. Right. And that bleeds over into our desires and wants. Like, is it okay for me to want this? But sure, it is. But like, there's but probably is it a better the want. Kingdom of God? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I will say one thing did come to mind. It's going going home to like my childhood roots. I really there's something really therapeutic actually for me about going home to the redwoods and the coast mm. of Northern oh, California, really? and I don't get back there as often as I want. Um. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. I definitely know that feeling. The bayou. Feeling. Yeah. Getting, getting back to the bayou. That's right. I don't know if you've heard, but I was a little girl in Louisiana. So it's not about, time. like, the people that are... <clears throat> it's Some, about... actually, because I was... The people there were... I was, like, one of the only... A, a few Mormon kids that yeah. were there. So yeah. I was... For me, it was, like, all the hippies that raised me. Like, oh, all the people yeah. growing weed in their backyard. Yeah. Amazing. Like, these wonderful, earthy, fairy people. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I yeah. love it. Well, well Madam... Madam Bandit. Thank you. <laughs> did Madam Bandit steal the show? <laughs> she did. So you should and check band. out Psycho Killer. Well, and when this comes out, you should you, check out Psycho Killer and, and Gin, Gin and Tonic. tonic. I'm you so excited. Also go back and check out High Riot. Just and 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 just the little snippet of Gin and Tonic that you played has me so fucking excited for it. I'm so fucking excited. Yes. So yeah, go to Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, all the things. Tonal, what I don't know what are the other ones. Oh my god! Isn't there one Tidal? called Tidal? That's what it. Tonal, Tonal is that mirror <laughs> where you exercise in the mirror. Oh my god! Where it has like a pole <clears throat> bar. That's Tonal. Tidal is the. Music. We have been talking about having you on since you tweeted, and I remember asking C Jane, um, "Hallowed be thy name," um, if she would talk <laughs> to you. Wonderful counselor. <laughs> About coming on, and you were like, nope, not ready for that. And then with <laughs> Madam Bandit, we've been talking about it, and then COVID happened, and here we are. COVID's still happening. COVID is and, still happening. But not we're, over. here you are, and this is very Thank exciting for us. Thank you for, for having us. me. We are so I excited, really and, and I hope that, I mean, you know, we're not, <clears throat> we're not, uh, NPR. We're not, we don't have millions of listeners, but I hope that. We're not Apple Bomb. What? Jad Abumbra. Uh, oh. We're, but I hope that some of our gentle listeners hear this and go, oh, I'm going to check that out. Because I think it's definitely worth ch- checking out. Yeah. And I love guess what? Music. You already have great. checked it out because it's our theme song. That's true. It's well, true. it's not. It's she. My handiwork. Them. Your handiwork. Madam. Madam. Okay. All right. Thanks, um, everyone. We love you. You so can exciting. Don't forget to follow us on Patreon. And the stateroom is it what month? January 21st. Holy shit. I'm so fucking going to Yeah, be I'm going to put that on my calendar. Um, so... Patreon.com slash hot drinks and uh-huh. you can become a patron and then you will get Madam Bandit's special holiday. Gin holiday. And tonic. We will give that to all tiers. Recipe. So yes. regardless of your tier, you will get her holiday gin and tonic recipe. We're on Instagram. And you can drink it while you listen to gin and tonic, while you Woo-hoo. watch the gin and tonic music video. While yes. you cry in the bathroom at your Thanksgiving. <laughs> Also, your mom's house right, in Provo. Right. Um, and uh, you're on Instagram, Madam Bandit. You're on TikTok. You're on YouTube. Is it a Madam Bandit YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's got it all. Got it all. All right. Okay. Well, well, send goodbye. feedback so we can share. Happy holidays. We love you all. Gentle listeners, send us feedback. We want to hear it. We don't. <laughs>